Welcome to the Prime Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. So, uh, welcome to Grog Talk. I'm James. I'm Dan. And where are we from today, Dan? We're still in the abyss, but we are getting, well, we're getting closer to getting out, I guess. It's, there's a way out at the bottom. We're on the seventh layer of the abyss, uh, which appears to be the home of the demon lord of lizards and lizard men. So. Oh, very nice. I, I don't know why lizard men would be in the abyss, though. It's as good as any other layer, I think, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, really? Well, just, just lizard men are neutral. So why would they be in the abyss? Well, that is interesting. Well, you're tempting me to look it up on the Internet, which we know no, is a no, bad do Should I do it? Should I look it up? No, 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 no. no. Okay. There'll be no looking up on the Internet. I, I, I'm just, we're just going to go blind here. So um, for those who are yet again confounded by our scheduling, um, this is a uh, – we're going to do a quick grog talk just to – set the stage for what we hope is a special event where uh, Dan and I will be running a patron exclusive where we bring uh, a number of our friends together to play first edition Dungeons and Dragons. And we're going to be playing The Halls of Tiz and Thane, written by Albie Fiore, which was published in White Dwarf what month? Ah, April, May, 1980. And uh, so 40 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, ah, perfect. this month, and just to let you know, you know, there is BBC footage of Albie running the game. You can find it on Twitter. It was posted, I believe, on BBC's Twitter page. It was uh, Albie Fuhr running it with Steve Jackson was one of the players. And it was in May of 1980. So that footage. So we're going to be doing what they are doing, not as well, but we're going to be doing what they were doing 40 years ago. Oh, I remember that. I mean, I've seen that footage before. It was was it like a BBC, like, um, it's almost like 60 Minutes. They're in like a bookshelf, bookstore, a library, and they're in a small little table. Yeah, you're, oh, you're thinking, yes, wait, so there's two of them. There's one oh, there where is. it was a show, which was, yes, where they, they go and they see Albie and they see Steve Jackson, and Indian um, and, and e. Livingstone is there too. And uh, there's, a, there's a separate one where it's, it's a shorter one, little segment of, mm. of some other show. And uh, in, in the one that the BBC did, uh, Albie has this, you know, enormous afro. Right, and I was right. really tempted to get a wig, you know, like you probably find, don't you think, like one of these, you know, a big sort of Albie Fiore afro to wear for the game. But then I realized this is going to be on YouTube forever, maybe. And that was uh, well, it is going to be as long as forever, assuming YouTube's never going away. Yes, for all posterity. And someone would pull that up in your because you have only two years left. So that's true, and that and that's of course how I want to be remembered <laughs> with a giant fro and and speakers. Yeah, you know. not not the rainbow colored one. You can see the football games. Yeah, you, you know the Bob Ross is what you <laughs> exactly for. exactly the okay. Bob Ross. Well, uh, we should probably get moving along, right? right. Uh, because uh, right. this is a special matinee edition of right. Grog Talk. Exactly. Only 99 cents. 99 cents. So today we're doing, do, uh, we're only doing random account and spell selection. And uh, so we still have our champion, correct? Uh, Charlotte has not been killed yet at this point. No, Charlotte is 2-0, I want to say. A 2 or 3-0. It's pretty, oh, wow. pretty impressive. So It is pretty impressive. 
So, all right. So, yeah. So, uh, Charlotte, so uh, we're going to do the dorso roll. Correct. And uh, I will roll a six-sided die. It is a three, which means... This means the fiend folio. This is great. Carlos Lising, our good friend, would be very happy uh, that we are uh, edited by Don Turnbull. That's right. We've had two guests on who've had a little bit of had, <laughs> had back and forth with Don Turnbull. Have you noticed that? that? Yeah, well, apparently, yeah, apparently uh, he was a force or a figure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Ed Greenwood, back and forth with the Fiend Folio. Oh, that's right. And then and Lou Pulsifer, who didn't remember it, but had a back and forth with Don Turnbull over uh, an NPC character classes, whether it was... Uh, it wasn't a, No, that was the issue. Was it not an NPC class? Was it recommended for PCs? And it was evil, and so it was that bad. But okay. Oh, that's right. Which, again, is a tie-in to... We can't... Uh, no spoiler. Yeah. There is a tie-in. I screwed that up last week, actually. I feel bad about that, but that's okay. There, there is a tie. There is a tie into this module with Lou Pulsifer. So there's a tip for our fellow adventurers. Right. All right. So what am I? What are we doing? You're rolling a die ten because we need to figure out where we are. Like it. I mean, we know we're in England somewhere. Three. Three. Ah, oh, we're in a dungeon. Wait, but we're in the abyss. So I guess they, they could have dungeons in the abyss, don't you think? Oh, ab absolutely. They'd have an abyssal dungeon. Okay, so we're in an abyssal dungeon. So I now need you to roll percentile dice. Hold on. Uh, percentile dice, got it. Yes, please. And we're looking, and we're rolling, and we're rolling a number three. A giant ant. <laughs> okay, giant <laughs> ant. I don't think this is going to go well for the giant ant. All right. Well, giant ants are pretty pretty beefy, if I recall. Oh, really? Yes, I think someone was complaining about how giant ants are maybe actually a little bit overpowered compared to what you'd think. But let's take a look and yeah, yeah. They're, they're, on, they're on. Remember, and if, I think though we've done a giant yes, ant. because remember, look. Does this yes, sound familiar? Picture. Yeah, I've got the picture of the dead ant. The dead ant on here. It's actually so, on. So, yeah, it's I a reroll. Oh, we have to reroll. We did That's do the giant ant. Yeah. Eight. Yeah, hopefully it's eight. not a. They're AC oh. three and eight. Okay, hold on. I gotta get the. Uh, hopefully it's not a giant ant again. Bean folio back out. If it was, that would be a big spread. There'd be a lot of giant ants running around. Okay, hold on. Oh my gosh, there's somebody at the door. Someone's trying to come in. Who is it? Oh, it's uh, my familiar. Okay. Oh, very nice. Eight giant fire beetle. Giant fire beetle. Okay, that's good. Giant fire beetle. All right. So is that under beetle fire? Oh, there's a good picture under beetle. <laughs> you know the, you know the yeah. picture I'm talking about? Yeah, in, by the town. <laughs> they're running? Yeah, that's a good one. Because when they're attacked by the rhinoceros. Well, which giant beetle is it? It's a giant fire beetle. Oh, fire. Thank you. I'm sorry. Which makes sense. Exactly. We're in the abyss. Right? Oh, this is terrible. I didn't realize this. Do you know what their frequency is? Look at all of them, except for the rhinoceros one. They're just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we really need to go through the monster manual and find all the common monsters to get a better sense of the way things really are on the prime material plane. Because you know how, who is it? I think Carlos Lising said that mm -hmm. he'd been given the advice that when you run an adventure, you should always look at the wandering monster chart first to get a sense of who's down there, right? What's right. Going on? Well, you know, a lot of these, 
when we see the frequency is common, I think it is giving us information of the way of the state of the world that we weren't familiar with, right? I mean, just walking down the street and a giant, this, and that's right. a giant fire beetle, right? But basically, right? And of your choices, this is the one of the better ones to get. Oh, yeah. Now, okay, let's take a look. AC4. That's rough. That's a good armor class. 12-inch yeah. movement. They're fast. Yeah, there's not a lot of hit dice. One at two to eight. Two and a half feet long. They're, inte they're not intelligent. You find that odd? It's not. Yeah, they're not. The only one that's intelligent is the boring one because it's boring. Get it? So. Yeah, right. Exactly. You got to have some intelligence to be boring. That's right. Okay, so fire beetles, the smallest of the giant beetles. Fire beetles, <laughs> nevertheless, are capable of delivering serious damage with their powerful mandibles. They are, fond, they are found both above and below ground, being primarily nocturnal. Fire beetles have two glands above their eyes and one near the back of their abdomen, which give off a red glow. Oh, so they're very, um, I guess that's where they get their name. Yep. For this reason... Oh, they are highly prized by miners and adventurers, as this luminosity will persist for from one to six days after the glands are removed from the beetle. Well, wait, why? Why are they highly prized for that? I mean, just like so much to torch. Yeah, basically. So if you run, your, yeah. People kill creatures for their tusks. So now we have people. There's nothing unusual. The great uh, fire beetles uh, gland trade of. <laughs> Greyhawk. <laughs> yeah, but the shelf life is so, it's one to six days, right? You don't turn yeah. it, it's not like you can't turn it on and off, I'm assuming. Correct. It'd be easier just to charm the beetle. Yes. If, 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 but I don't know what the non, uh, what is it, charm woodland animals or charm animals? Oh, so you can't do that if, you're not, if they're not intelligent? I don't recall. That's the thing. I don't know if they have to have any, they have to have at least some intelligence. Okay. So right? let me... Does that make sense, what I'm saying? It does. I mean, we'd have to look it up. I don't know. If... Yeah, I'm looking it up. Go ahead. Okay. I want to get go back to the glands. So they have two glands above their eyes and one near the back of their abdomen. So they have three of these things. So you can pull out three of these glands. Right. Yeah, really, you know, you're absolutely right. You need to chart, you need, or you just need to capture the thing. So there's a really more of a live fire beetle trade. Yeah, yeah you, you capture it or you breed them. I'm sure there's fire beetle breeders. And then when you go adventuring, they cut the things out. Uh, but, you know, they kind of remind me of the day glow sticks. That's what Bucky said on the internet. Oh, yeah. See, like they, so like at a sporting event, like at the arena. Or, yeah. That's right, at the rave party or whatever. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, no, this is terrible. It's 10-foot radius. That's nothing. Who is using... There is no fire beetle gland trade of any note why would there be why aren't you just buying a a torch or land as 10 foot radius luminosity well because they last for days so if you're playing it by the rules uh torch lasts for an hour uh and a i think um oil only lasts for a couple hours too so that's a lot of money better apparently to kill a one hit dice creature or that does that does two to eight hit points who could eviscerate you. Uh, then, That's right. Then do That's how cheap I am. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I, hey, Dad, I'm going to be an adventurer. Can I, can I buy some torches? No, we'll get our own fire beetles. Let's That's get what down. I did back in the day. Uh, I wrestled it down, pulled his 
pull his gland out before he died. I'm back. Yeah, with that, yeah. Go get some light for me, kid. So, uh-huh. uh, wait, and then, okay, number one, it's only 10 feet, which is terrible. Right. And then what do you do? It looks, it would look ridiculous. You wrap it, or, what are you going to wrap it around a torch? <laughs> what do you wrap it around? Well, it's a gland, so it's kind of like this, like, you know, piece of meat. I guess you can just put it on your, wrap it around you like this. It's kind of odd. Is it pulsate? I I don't know. It just seems, it just seems odd. (laughs) It seems very odd. It does. I've never had any player express a desire to, uh, to rip out a fire beetle. Well, but that's a common, I mean, not a common thing, but I know it's, I know it's been, I know it's been done before. Uh, as far as, because I remember in a couple of adventures, especially if you're trapped. Yes. Like, you you know, you yes. don't have any of your supplies. You're right. Very popular for that. You're right. You, this is basically, I am in the, I've been dropped in this, you know, dungeon, right? Right. And it's just, it's very labyrinthian and I'm lost. I've, I've escaped, but I can't find my way out. I've got nothing. I'm, I'm naked and afraid. Exactly. And I find, and I, you know, I'm walking along. I'm basically Bilbo, right, trying to get right. out of out of uh, the goblin uh, mines. And at least you have something. And I find, if I, well, I got to kill it with my bare hands. <laughs> right. Or you got, you know, you, I'm I'm pretty sure there's been that. Uh, um, I'm sure there's been that where they, you know, you make a, a blackjack with sand. I've, I'm pretty sure A4 had that. That's. It's reminding me of A4, that there's fire beetles, and so you can use it as light. Yeah, I could, I, right. I, I, could, it, I, could, I could, either that or fungus they had, something yeah, like that. you're right. It strikes me that it is a light source uh, that you would use uh, in a pinch. Not, so I'm not, I'm not sold on the big, you know, fire beetle gland trade. But, right. so yeah, but so, um, all right. So, let's, I mean, let's, let's make this happen. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, Okay. So I so, am the fire beetle. I'm not. You're the fire beetle. Right. Oh wait, I, I shouldn't feel terrible. You don't have a lot of hit dice. You're like, no. Are you like one plus one? Oh, I think I'm one. Well, mm-hmm. maybe one plus one. I think you're right. I'm one plus two, buddy. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up too. You're one plus one, my friend. I am. All right. All right. All right. So now it's surprise, correct? Correct. As we learned, we roll surprise ah, first. They're they're betting on the spider already. Can you believe that? Oh, I'm, I'm going to win. Well, here's Ooh. a surprise. I dropped my die. Hold on. Well, you, Charlotte's uh, rolled a one. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, hold on. Don't get a two, right? A three. Three. So I, get, I get a segment of surprise. So we don't well, do distance. That's right. We do. Well, it's 10 to 30 feet, we said, right? Isn't that the rule? If it's surprise is dictated. Oh, yeah, as long as I can attack, right? Doesn't it say that if <laughs> we're going this again? Um, I thought you well, said. Well, we. This, this is the newest rule we decided, right? Not newest rule. We've adopted this rule based on. That's from 1979. <laughs> it's new to us. Right. We're a little late. That's under page 62, number five. Surprise. Surprise can only be a factor in close encounter situations. If either parties are, are surprised, the distance must be within 10 oh. to 30 feet. Good, my or friend. Or must or must be less as determined under the actual area modifier. That is the actual area of a 40 by 60 foot room. If the surprise exists, the distance between the party would be one to three. So again, we don't know what we're in, so it's from one to three. So roll a D6. Okay. So if you're within 10, well, you can charge if you want. And well, depending how, 
Depends. And if you're within t 20 feet, you would be able to attack. 20 if feet. Not, I rolled a three. That's 20 feet, right? That is, right. So you get your charging attack. So uh, charging, you get plus two. Charge of the fire two. beetle. Yeah, charge. <laughs> All right, here we go. Charge of the fire beetle. This is it, right. man. You never saw it come, buddy. You were so startled. I am. What are you doing? <laughs> she was mesmerized by those glands. Hey, now. True. What? Yeah, that's true. If the last thing you're like, if you ever like, what are those three glowing things coming at me really fast? Yeah. Right. See? That's a tip. That's a pro tip. That is a pro adventuring tip. Oh, I got a two. A two. You missed. I don't even have to, I didn't have to look that up. You know, it's bad when your surprise roll is higher than your to hit roll. Right. Yeah. That's, that's not good. Three to two. So I, it's initiative now. Let's do it. I think you're going to attack. Is that your action? I am declaring attack. Excellent. Here's ours. Six. A one. Oh. All right. Let's I see. I had you. Hang on. I have good AC. All the beetles do. Yeah, Four. but not 17 doesn't matter. Oh. So you take one hit point. Oh, that's right. Oh, but now it's the save time. I'm one save plus time. two. Correct. Okay. Come on. Is it going to be this fast? Could be. Poison. An eight. <laughs> uh, oh man, I had you right. Where I had, had. You, I had you in 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 the palms of my mandibles. That's right. And now she is feasting, and I'm very illuminated in the feastings. Like this yeah. is so con this is yeah, so convenient. Yeah, so the spider has the three glands. So the spider is going to be illuminated for three days, for one to six days. Yep, one to six days. Well, until. Well, it has a movement. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like um, beetle dung that's glowing. Who's that guy that goes in the wild and eats the dung when he's trying to survive? Exactly. Where well, poop glow. It's like, you really should call the doctor when you see that happen. That's right. Be careful if your poop is uh, glowing. That's never good. Oh, that's okay. That's very disappointing. Well, that's why, you know, right. you, you, you called it poison. It's the game changer. It is a game changer. Wow. This spider, this may be, Charlotte may be going for a record. Well, you, you might as well go by, and I think I like the five, if you get five wins, you retire. Yeah, the Rocky Marciano like rule, you retire and right. defeated. Defeated the fire beetle. And now her poop is glowing. She's glowing poop. No, no wonder player characters are so scared to death of large spiders. I mean, right. this, this thing's going through the monster manual like A to Z. Right, it's it's taking on all comers. It's uh, it, it. Oh, is that the grog line? Someone calling, saying, "Hey." No, it is not. I think it's my handyman. Um, so the um, so I think without question, don't you think that Charlotte has earned a place? No matter what happens, right? Charlotte has earned a place in the battle royale. Don't you think? Right. I think if it's like Tournament of Champions. If you win three times, you're in. Well, I want to do that on our, like our last episode ever or something like that, or, or penultimate maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. That we'll have the big, the big back Tournament of Champions. There should be a demi-human standoff. Oh, you see categories. Like the types right. of class. Oh, and each one will have a representative. Yeah, like the dog, you know, the best in show, mm. Westminster. Right. Representing would... the oozes <laughs> and jellies. <laughs> Representing Best, Team Jubilex. Team that's Jubilex. right. <laughs> Team, that's right. Team Jubilex. You know the uh, the demi-human, 
the demon, you know, there'd be the five or six and then best in show. It'd be just a battle off. I like that. So we'll have so, to so, start it like about six episodes before the end. Yeah, we'll come up with that as the final thing. By then, our hundreds of subscribers or dozens or okay, whoever's left at the time that hasn't been killed off by the virus, they will be super appreciative of it. Yeah. But yeah, there would be, so Charlotte clearly is becoming, uh, here we have the teacup, teacup pudding, exactly. That's what Bucky put in that for a best in show. See, that's, I like that idea. I think there was, yeah, there's a black pudding and a teacup in Eagle Manor, I believe. Oh, that's, I think yeah. you're right. Be careful. I, um, all right. So that was, uh, okay. So that was, uh, that was you very, can't stop, you can't stop her. You cannot stop her. You can just only hope to contain well, her. Well, you know why, don't you? It's, it's obvious. She's trying to get down back. She's, she's not going to stop till she gets back to Loth's lair. Yes. She's got extra power in here, I think. And I think that she's getting, I, 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 you know, I'm not saying there's any wrongdoing going on, but I'm sensing a little bit of home cooking going on. I think, uh. Uh, Loth is uh, maybe, you know, helping out here right. a little. Yeah. Well, I think you're right because, well, um, and, you know, I, I, could put a, I could put a dice cam here so people could watch the, uh, the dice rolling at the same time so they don't go, hey, what's going on here? This looks a little, little shady. So, but. Well, I want her to lose because then I want divine intervention and look. Oh, up. we didn't do divine intervention. Oh, hang on. I can do it, right? Is it going down? I'm not dead yet, am I? That's right. No, nope. Poison, wait a second. Hold on. Poison rule. One round. It's not one I round. I posted that. It, it, is, it, 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 is, it, is, it is around. It is about one round. I posted that on... It said a minute or so. It didn't say... Oh, what, or so. It, not, it could be more. It, it's, it's... Okay. Let's go over this. Okay, again. okay. I'm going to roll a 10-sided... Wait, a plus or minus. What should I roll for plus or minus on the... Uh, <laughs> it's getting complicated. It says a minute or so. I, in any event, I should get to my intervention. I, I can. I, why can't I do a final mandible tack on you? Cut off your well, leg. Well, I've, I've, I've said uh, my ruling is if you want to, do, you can right. either do divine intervention right. or you can attack. Which one would you like to do? Or you can get initiative. Oh, that's true. So we're rolling for initiative. You would just now. attack. You're right. I'm declaring. Oh, you know what I'm picking? Divine intervention, of course. That's cooler. All right. I rolled a three. So what does that mean? Oh, we're doing initiative. I've declared, and now it's, i got to win initiative, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, you, okay. Sorry. Oh, well, you do. One. Oh. Okay. Well, you would just bite me again for another point. I mean, it's not like you can poison kill yeah. me twice. Okay, it's my yeah. intervention. For a, uh, a beetle god? I could be. All right, well. We have, a ton of peop- we have a ton of people watching. Apparently, people like this 1 o'clock uh, start time. People are liking this. They're like, it's not in some ungodly hour. What could have been if we'd only always started at a matinee show? We could have been, you know, so much Could have been a contender. I got a seven. Really? Yes. Yeah, you know I don't thought. No, don't no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not no, discounting. I know. You're just surprised. Yeah, yeah. I got a seven. I'm surprised. I got a seven. Uh, I'm surprised because I'm like, really? Okay. I'll keep my mouth shut. Thank you. All right. So we need help. What is the deity of beetles? <laughs> I think it would be like an Egyptian. I feel like it would be an Egyptian one. They always have, yeah. Would there be an Egyptian deity? That's but now the question is, will it a deity, we've talked about this, is the deity going to go into the abyss? Well. So they, they're gonna, they, they would send a creature. Oh, yeah, i got to roll right? again to see whether it's, it's the creature or, right? Let me, i got to roll that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to roll that. 
Yeah, 54 is like, just sending a creature. Yeah. So it'll like sort of like you could have a creature in the abyss. That's is, underneath is, its power. So a beetle is a insect, correct? It's I'm, I'm not a biologist. It sounds horrible, but... Could be. Well, could... My <laughs> <laughs> understanding are some are, some are. That, that means to be an insect, you have to what, give birth to live young. <laughs> And 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 you have and 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 you milk right? You milk them. Is that right? All right. That's right. No, it's yeah. So who are we thinking of? You got an insect? God for us? Yes, Apshai, the demigod god of insects. Okay. Are you googling? Is an is a beetle no. an insect? Well, where uh, someone's some people are very happy on the west coast because like finally when it's not you know two in the morning when. Well, you know, it's all about your priorities, folks. Well, the problem is, you know, it's, and it's a good problem. We have folks all over the world who listen to this nonsense. <laughs> right. I mean, the problem, so there's the never problem, a good time. Well, the problem we have is it is about priorities. That's right. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, yeah, so where, it, do I, where do I find this? Are we on agreement? That, well, yeah, page 45. Okay, but the question now is what's being sent? We've had well, this read, before, haven't we? Didn't we have like the giant wasp business and all that? Yeah, we'll read Apshai, and then I think I think it explains what he the, will be. Oh, it does. Oh, a great praying mantis. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is there a giant praying mantis anywhere? I feel I feel like it's in the Monster Manual too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, when you want wacky stuff, there you go. Okay, that would be awesome. Let's see. I think praying mantis or something oh. like that. I don't know. I thought there was a mantis. I have to. This is this is where this is where it falls off the rails because I know people are shocked, but we don't plan this. Yeah, what you pay for? You could send a. How about a pernicon? Okay. Bright colored Let's... insect like a grasshopper, about two inches long. Yeah. <laughs> or, or a three kin, a three kirin. Where's that? What's that? Ah, the governor, his from Oakland, is on. Hello, sir. Welcome to Grok. See, we got all our West Coast. West Coast is representing because we're we're not we're on at a normal time. So we need to do this every once in a while to, okay. to let at, our West I'm Coast folks see us. I'm sorry. Yeah, matinee. Exactly. Uh, what were you saying? What What did I say? Uh, praying mantis, and on that there's no praying mantis that I found, but I found a pernicon, a yeah, okay. insect, rather like a grasshopper. Perfect. <laughs> it's terrible. There we go. Where, right. where is that on? What page? Oh, I'm in the fiend folio, sir. Oh, okay. Because I was, I thought you were looking at a pedipalp. These are whip scorpions, but really, we really don't want a scorpion. So, okay. So we're going fiend folio. Yeah, the pernicon. I think it's terrible. Yeah. All right, uh -huh. pernicon. Let's do it. How about a slat? We're in the lizard territory. Yeah, okay, so Perticon. Or a tiger fly. Oh, okay, just pick one. <laughs> okay, well, I said Perticon, so let's do it. Yeah, he looks like a grasshopper. Yeah, that's yeah right. grasshopper, praying mantis, okay. So that shows up, the Perticon shows up, and it's like, yeah, attack that giant spider, that large spider. And the Perticon's like, 
what? Seriously? <laughs> what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Oh. All right. Well, well, do you want us to do surprise again? Or well, yeah, what we I doing? should get a chance to surprise you, right? What's my surprise chance? Oh, it's got to be a lot. This thing appears out of nowhere. Come on, man. One on four. All right. One and four. Don't you agree? Okay, I'll, I'll roll it. Three. Three attacks. Here I go. I'm rolling. I got a 16, a well, that, 13. That, that, that may have actually hit. And a seven. Don't worry about it. I do one to three hit points. Well, I've, but then it's initiative. I have constitution drain. Yeah, Usually I'm not, inoffensive. I, but will attack if disturbed. I'm disturbed, all right. At least what did you I, roll? 16? Yes, and then a 13, that, I think, and then a seven. Okay, so you hit once. It leaps on its victim, so I'm on the spider. Mm -hmm. It rips exposed flesh with its pinchers at the rear of its abdomen. How are you even going to handle me, man? I'm on you. Well, there's no need to hit after this point, so... Oh, look at this. It also drained water and other bodily fluids from the victim. All right. Well, why? How many hit points do you have? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I have to roll. Okay. I don't think we ever rolled it because she's never been hit before. This is the first time. Oh, yeah. Continue automatically without needs for it to hit roll. Three points. So if, Oh, if I, get a, if I get a five or six, you're done. That's right. That'd be hilarious. It's getting sucked out. Five. Oh, that's oh. it. Oh, my gosh. What happened? So now so now the Pernicon is there or... Or no, do we, I, does she, I he, think she blinks out, and we, right. and then it's two new ones. It's two new ones. I love wow, it. Wow, that's Charlotte. Charlotte, all that, and Charlotte is killed by divine intervention with a pernicon. Right. Wow. Okay. Wow. This is this is a special matinee special, <laughs> and it's and it's my fault because I opened my mouth saying, "Hey, you know, there's divine intervention." Normally, you're the one who's I'm like ready to move on, and but that was super exciting. So the Pernicons, I'm eating you, man. I'm eating it. Well, but the other problem is the spider was eating the beetle. So now the Pernicon is full of luminescent <laughs> right. juice. So right, so so that's what happened. The spider is is, is eating the beetle, sucking in the glands, and right. then, you know, I'm not dead yet. The beetle got last final prayer from the beetle. The Pernicon appears in air, I guess, and just leaps onto the back of the spider. Takes a bite out of the spider and is now draining the spider. And you're right. And now we have the a glowing, a luminescent Pernicon. Right. Who returns who, back? Who turns back? And is that like, shy? Like what? What happened? I've done my bidding. See, you made the right choice. You could, in his dying breath, the non-intelligent beetle <laughs> somehow <laughs> prayed to Apshai. Yeah. Strange and the Pernicon happened. happened. All right. That was I love cool. it. All right. And if you and, and we did this for our West Coast people. I love it. That was awesome. All right, spell selection. So we talked about this. So why are we doing spell selection a little different today, Dan? Because since we are running a game this afternoon, uh, to keep things moving along with the game, we thought what we would do is we would um, roll up the spells that the PCs, the magic, the magic user and illusionist, the spells they have during this segment. So that way we can hit the ground running. Uh, so the cleric, of course, will be able to pick her spells because she can pick any spells she wants. But uh, we're going to roll up for the magic user and the illusionist, right? Correct. All right. Oh, that's what I think is super fun. And now, so we've got to go to the DMG for the magic user spells, right? 
That's correct. And we shall not be using the book that shall not be named for the illusionist spells. We will just instead randomly roll them, which right. I like even better. So where do you know, where is that? We got that chart with an offensive, a defensive, and... Yeah, it's kind of like somewhat later in the thing. I forgot exactly where. Spell acquisition. 60-something? 60. 39 to 40? 39. Maybe. Oh. I don't know. That's I'm looking at the index. That's always dangerous. Yep. 39. There it is. Cool. All right. All right. James, you want to do the rolling or? Right. So you're going to keep track of this or am I keeping track of this? Um, I will. I will get out the character sheet. So uh, we're going to do uh, first we'll do Mildred the magic user. So I will write it down on her sheet. Okay, great. So read magic comes automatically. Right. So for those who haven't played first edition, in the spirit of, you know what, you don't get to pick your spells. What kind of craziness, what kind of game are you playing? You get to pick your spells. Unless the DM is Dungeon Master's very, uh, if your campaign is particularly difficult, you may wish to ch allow choice automatically, Wait, but we, we don't, don't do that. We don't wish. Right, we don't wish that at all. And it you could also may. So our campaign, our game is difficult, but we right. don't wish. Right. So uh, you are to automatically give read magic and then give one of an offensive, defensive, miscellaneous spell. And so we will roll a d10. So for offensive... Hope you don't get a zero. I rolled a one, burning hands. Okay. And then defensive, 10. We can choose. Oh, hmm. so we'll choose. Yeah. Okay. From one of these, or yeah, it's got to be from one of these defensive ones, obviously, right? Correct. Uh, I like the, uh, I like the, I like spider climb. Let's do it. It's always a fun one. Yeah. Okay. And then miscellaneous. One, comprehend language. <laughs> okay. Now, this magic user is a second level magic user, correct? Oh, correct. So we were going to give, oh, that's right. We were going to give additional, we were going to give two additional spells that the magic user would have acquired through the process of adventuring. Right. So I think that should be a random roll. Right, because that's like what? Like how would you do that? Like you get like a, uh, well, how would you get the, you'd have to use a right spell. Wouldn't you? If you get a scroll, so how do you acquire more spells as a magic user that are not scrolls? How do you get them into your book? I know we've covered this. Well, the, you have to get special ink and dr write them in, but typically you would use write spell because A, it's faster, doesn't take a day per level. Because most people use the scroll writing standard of one day per level of spell to write a scroll. So they assume it's the same in your book. And, uh, but write says it can take you know, an hour to do that. But the problem is, is that the materials are very expensive. It says... I think uh, the, the ink has to be no less than 200 gold pieces. Well, we're going to be nice. If you though. can find it at all. Well, we were going to be nice and give two extra first level spells in the Magic User spell book, correct? Um, I'm so yes. I'm sorry. What was that, Dan? But we're going to give the Magic User two extra first level spells in their spell book for this game, right? Right. Well, there was a question from Jonathan. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, and if for those who are playing at home... Uh, Jonathan is the person who's going to send us his uh, Dungeon Master Guide. He is the Chancellor, his sublime Plague Lord of Seattle, uh, one of our West Coast people. So he had a question. I thought the magic user got to choose one new spell with each level of advancement. Yes, that is correct. Um, 
but it's typically uh, what, what I've played is it's, you know, this is where if you have a town or a city, you know, not every magic user shouldn't have every spell. They should have a handful of spells. So I typically say, well, you go to Bob the magic user, who's your uh, master, uh, you can pick from the seven spells that he has, or and that's assuming the master wants to teach you that spell. He may not feel you're ready for it. So it depends how much of a jerk and role player you want to do with that. But yes, it, it says if they go up in level, they are they are to acquire another spell, which is considered part of the training cost uh, for that. Ah, so right. So it would have been automatically one spell. So, right. all right. So maybe we should just do the one spell. Are we feeling... Nasty. Yeah, just one spell. Just one, yeah. and, and we'll do what? So a, a random, it's going to be first level still, right? right. Because Right, it's first level, correct. Right, because it's uh, level two, so you only cast first level spells, correct? That's right. Okay. That's right. So, oh, I have a 30-sided die. You do? Yeah. Not with me. <laughs> Wait, where is it? I had it somewhere here. Oh, my 30-sided die's gone missing. Hang on, I'll be right back. And I'm going to like... Oh, I'm going to 30 okay. die. Well, and so while we're doing, Jonathan put in, I figured it was part of the training to develop their own spell. So that is interesting. Uh, when you say develop your own spell, I, I would look at that as spell research. And there's rules about that which are pretty intense and require to be a higher level magic user. The assumption that I've always had was that they would go to their master and learn that. And now the other implication is if we don't do it, what you're saying, um, then uh, if they went up a level and you self-trained, you would not get another spell at that point. So, which is why most people never self-train because it takes twice as long, costs twice as much. And in this case, you wouldn't get a spell. Uh, but yes, there's rules in the DMG about spell research and this is where you can create your own spells. And if I remember correctly, you at least have to be, I don't know, seventh level or something like that. I'm sorry, it's this, it's, it's, it's in the book there, so if someone can write down, I know I saw Adrian on, I'm sure one of you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how we typically ran it. Um, go ahead, did you roll your D30? I did, I rolled an eight, which is erase. Perfect, erase is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I mean, because low-level magic use is already so powerful, right? Why should we make sure that they have useful spells? That's right. Well, he has. He has a useful spell. He has Burning Hands. That's a she, my friend. Mildred. She, excuse me. I apologize. Burning Hands, Spider Climb. And I've given some scrolls. It's got Magic Missile and uh, Push. Yeah, Push. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay. On to so, the... so it's just interesting. Jonathan's funny. He just said, but I really don't want to derail stuff. That's our whole show. If, we, if, if we're not derailed, that's what we do here. We're completely derailed. Yeah, there is no script. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. I mean, knowing we're going to do random monster and spell selection, that's basically that. The prep that James and I did for this episode of Grog Talk literally was me saying, "So, what are we doing? What random monster and spell yeah. selection?" And you said, "Yes, that sounds good." Yeah. To our credit, though, we normally have an outline for that. But let's keep going. Let's go. So now no, we're doing we the. Do. I don't mean you're right. James does put together. I try to make the, be the joke maker. James does put together an agenda uh, each time. Okay, so now it's on to illusion. So uh, uh, the uh, oh, so it's going to be uh, how many spells are we going to give? Oh, you get uh, how many do you get at first level? You get this. Well, they don't have read illusionist magic in this version. Right. So 
So at the top of page 39, you just don't need read magic, blah, 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 read magic, blah, 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 blah. When the first level receives his first spell book, it contains three spells. The DM should roll D12 on the table, repeat rolling three times, ignoring any result that results in duplication. If the DM feels his campaign is unusual, her campaign is unusually difficult, he or she may allow the player to choose one or even two of these initial spells. So the answer, of course, is no. We do not feel that. Okay, so, uh, all right, so you want to roll a D12 three times? Ignoring any uh, results that are the same. I'm going to roll three at one time and see what happens. Oh. Love rolling. So I got a two. Change self. That's a good one. That's, that's a good one. I got a six. Detect illusion. Okay. And I got a 12. Wall of fog. Oh, those are pretty good. Yeah. Well, we only have 12, and none of them are mending. Right. Or push. Right. Or message. Right. You've, you've, you've really, there's, there's not a terrible spell in any of the bunch for the most part. They're somewhat useful. I mean, it's not Phantasmal Force or Color Spray, which would be amazing, but... Uh, well, that's true. You know. And I gave a scroll of Audible Glamour, Change Cells, so two Change Cells, cells right. and Phantasmal Force. So, you know... Oh, they have Phantasmal Force? As, They're in as good shape. a scroll. Yeah. Yeah, I gave Phantasmal Force, because, you know, you're an illusionist. And so what, so what level? They're at seventh level... Uh, power these scrolls yeah i didn't write that down but i think that's usually with the player's handbook it was different right the player's handbook said one thing and the yeah we went over this we're doing scrolls like it had some fireball scrolls being written as six but we recall that you had to be at least seventh level to create a scroll yeah. so we changed that so we think, said seventh level i think we say seventh level okay that's right and then we're going to let the clerics roll their own uh, uh thing their own not roll they can pick their own spells right beforehand so what uh we've got a few minutes left hey there ah, martin's on very nice the uh martin will be playing with us in a few minutes so the uh plan is we're going to play so what advice do you have for the players you've run this a number of times and i'm here just to assist uh what what is the advice uh you have for players in this game well i think that the advice I'd have for any adventure, which is that it doesn't necessarily have to be a hack and slash adventure. It can be. If you want to make it hack and slash, that's fine. But it's a low-level adventure. So everyone here is level two. It's for one to two, uh, levels one to two, uh, for three to six players. So we've maxed them out. They're all level two, and there's six of them. So they're maxed out. So that's good news for them. But, you know, people are walking around oftentimes with, you know, single-digit hit points or a little bit above. So I think that would be my advice is it doesn't have to be hack and slash. Yes, this is a very old-school module. Um, if, you, uh, if you fight everything, it is very likely your character... It, uh, you could die even doing the right things, but if you fight everything, it's very unlikely you will not survive. Right, right. And resource management is very Im important. Yes. And uh, so that that now as a DM running it, so can I share the one thing you sent me and, and my reaction to it? I, I can't remember what I sent you, but sure. <laughs> oh yeah. So 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 Dan has run this a number of times in tournaments. So the original we went over this last week that were the halls of Tiz and Thane. The the actual module in the White Dwarf is what six pages long. One, two, three, four, 
five, five and a half, yeah, five and a half pages. So Dan says, here are my notes that I've prepared for this. And he goes, I added an appendix. So that's the first thing. An appendix on page 93 and 94. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of page breaks. <laughs> so they, so you take, he took a five and a half page module and now it is 95, 94 pages long. I show my folder. Hey, here's my folder. Yeah. That's, that's his book. <laughs> yeah. That he's, he's ready to play with. So... Well, this is a hard look. I, I'm really looking forward to running it again. I'm, I'm really looking forward to running it with with your help, because uh, as you may have noticed, what Albie says is the adventure should be carefully refereed. I think it can be a, a challenging adventure to referee. That's it. they used the word referee more back then, right? So yeah. I, I think it's a hard one to DM because there can be a lot of moving pieces going on, and so um, but it's fun. I mean, what I love about this adventure as is true with so many adventures, particularly if they're well-written, is that you, oftentimes as a DM, you sit back and you just enjoy to see what the players decide to do. Where do they take you? I'm just along for the ride. I'm looking, you know, I've run this thing five times. I'm just along for the ride. I'm just looking forward to seeing what people decide to do. So, a, lot of, right. a lot of choices to be made, I think. I will say that this module or this adventure is packed full of information in its five and a half pages. And if you think you're just going to show up, like, you know, read it 30 minutes before and do a good job with it, this is not the one where, okay, I see the map. There's multiple levels, potentially. Um, there is some interplay between uh, the, the creatures that are here. There's a couple of goals. So, again, my advice as a dungeon master... Uh, is unless you're super comfortable playing it uh, improvisationally, this is one of these modules that you really can't get away with that because you know it's not a railroad, but it is definitely requires people to um, there. There are factions. There's forces at work that you need to understand the dynamic if you're going to do it right. Um, yeah, because it helps the players. And we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it moving along, obviously. So a lot of the the background stuff that you would do ordinarily, if you're running this, we're just gonna move. We're gonna fast forward past it, because we want to make sure that we're able to finish it uh, in in one session, of course. So you know, we're not probably not gonna do a lot of random monster rolls, things like that, which is you know is unfortunate because it can be a lot of fun. I mean, I've I've used the random monster rolls in this game, and it's always fun to see what shows up, and then to try to improvise why that particular thing is there but uh we're gonna we're gonna try to uh be able to finish it uh in one session so and i hope people so i love backstories you know james this is something that we've talked about before whereas you know when we would use backstories for characters we were concerned that people wouldn't read them and i i do tend to go overboard i mean i've had backstories that are more than a page long and i get that that's probably way too much uh, right, who wants to read that? And now, really, it's just becoming about me, right, as opposed to the players. But uh, I hope that uh, you know, uh, if you don't use your backstory, no worries, no worries at all. You don't have to. Uh, but if you have read it, I've tried to write backstories for the characters such that it can create some interesting things going on during the event. Right, I wrote the backstories in part with an eye toward this particular adventure. 
Um, and so, you know, that would be great if people, uh, you know, took a look at those uh, and, uh, you know, you know, did some role playing uh, with their backstories. So, yeah, yeah. You tied it into the thing, uh, tied it into the adventure, and um, I think you do a fun job. I, and that's one thing that uh, my time with Dan has been a lot of fun. Where when we wrote the the you know you wrote the no module and we did the uh, the trials of uh, Forsetti, uh, you did a lot of the backstory work, which again makes it fun. This is big, a pushy, a big production. All rights reserved.